Bond. Fields are falling, but is the sky? Stocks have another sell-off, but is it the big one? A new space race is on, and we're about to inject rocks to help solve climate change. This is episode 125 of Bizarro World, and I, again, am your solo host, Nick Hodge. We're going to talk about uh, the markets to kick off this week. Another what has become seemingly a monthly sell-off has uh, started to occur here in July, second week in July. S&P was uh, selling off and uh, more importantly, this time that was accompanied by a dip in uh, bond yields, more specifically a a dip in the 10-year U.S. yield to its support line at at 1.3%. And so if we talk about key indicators, which we do uh, on this podcast and in the letters we write, um, certainly Bond yields are one of them. The bond yield, the bond market is a, a giant market, and it, along with uh, currencies, dictate a lot of other things that happen. And so, if we've been looking each month since January, when we've had uh, a little bit of sell-off in, in the stock market, uh, you know, is this the the big one, or is this the turning of the cycle? We've been looking to to bond yields uh, to say. Uh, no, it's not quite it yet, but this time we can't say that because bond yields are, uh, well, they're falling. They're right at support 1.3% on the U.S. 10-year, like I said. So let's uh, look at a couple of other things uh, to get some other clues on if this might be uh, the end of the bull run for stocks and, and time for maybe gold to start uh, perking back up. So um is it really a change of cycle or is it just another monthly pullback, I guess, is the question at hand. Uh, oil and copper still uh, relatively strong, not in danger of uh, breaking their recent uh, bull market trends in the VIX, uh, not elevated uh, enough to make me worry about uh, continued stock market volatility. Um Gold is saying it's it's not quite time yet either for it, it to rise. It would need to go north of something like 1850, and it's in the low 1800s as I speak into this microphone. Um, uh, but real estate does say it's coming. So you've had a bit of rotation in the stock market of sectors that are uh, performing the best, uh, namely defensive sectors like real estate and utilities starting to do uh, a bit better, maybe not breaking out uh, yet or outperforming, but certainly looking like they um, are ready to do better than they have been lately. And that points to the um, cycle starting to change. So a bit of mixed signals there. I would add that it's, you know, the middle of July. It's uh, light volume. Gerardo's not here. I'm headed uh, for vacation as soon as I press the stop recording button on this podcast and I'll be gone uh, for nearly a week. So you have to take some of these signals with a, a grain of salt. But nonetheless, uh, the pulling back of, of rates to its uh, resistance line or its support at uh, 1.3 um, should make you perk up uh, a little bit from your your book on uh, the beach and let me talk about, uh, I guess, real estate a little bit longer, making a recommendation in, in the real estate sector, speaking of getting a little bit defensive in 
uh, my monthly letter, Foundational Profits. And we would do that by buying either like a sector ETF, like XLRE, or we would do that by buying uh, like a large uh, REIT uh, or an ETF that tracked a particular sector of the, <clears throat> excuse me, REIT market. And so that's what that, you know, uh, monthly letter foundational profits uh, is all about, those bigger things, uh, harnessing the trends. Because if you can get those, uh, you know, bigger things right, uh, then you can operate within those cycles or within those trends to affect different investment strategies, which is something you might have uh, heard me talk about uh, before and, and real estate's a perfect example. You can do it with any sector, but uh, you know you can invest in real estate in many ways. You can obviously buy real estate, commercial, residential, or you can invest in different sectors of the real estate market. Right, residential REITs, apartment REITs, uh, commercial REITs, industrial REITs, even very specific REITs to a sector um, or companies that are specific to a sector that operate as a REIT, like industrial innovations, for example, in the in the cannabis space. Um, uh, or specific REITs that cater to certain sectors of the residential housing market, like um, high-end housing or uh, apartments or modular housing or even RV parks and marinas, for example. So um, you can invest in those in, in big uh, ETFs or, or funds or REITs. So you can also invest in individual companies that operate in the real estate space or uh, you can speculate uh, on smaller companies um, also operating in the real estate or property tech space, which is something you might have heard me and Gerardo talk about, uh, prop tech, um, which is something I've speculated on as well. And so when it comes to you know sectors, getting the big direction is right. That's where the saying the trend is your friend comes from. If you can get the, the trend right, uh, you can get a lot of other things right as you drill down on it and uh, take on more risk along the way because you know you have the the direction of the of the bigger trend or the bigger uh, cycle or the or the bigger sector uh, right and so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I do that in individual sectors or have done that in individual sectors but first a note on uh, transitory inflation because. Um, I've been seeing lots of articles about lumber prices falling, but I haven't been seeing lots of lots of articles in the mainstream media about real estate prices falling or copper prices falling or oil prices falling because they haven't uh, been falling, at least, you know, not enough to necessitate a correction or to write an article to point and say, see, see, the inflation is, is transitory because it's uh, not. And to that effect, a couple of points or, or things to point to. Perhaps one, there's a big article in uh, NPR uh, this week, public radio about shrinkflation. It's cute that they come up with a, a funny, cute, funzy little name for it instead of, um, you know, outright calling it what it is, which is inflation or, you know, stealing your purchasing power or robbing dollars from you. They they call it a shrinkflation in this, let's call it an expose that NPR put out. And it was about, you know, stuff that I've been talking about for years. It was about how consumer uh, companies shrink the size of packages. Um, and this is where Gerardo would make a joke. And um, I was in the pool. I was in the pool and um, charged the same price. So 
uh, you get less for the, the same amount of dollars. Their unit cost stays the same, but you get less for your money. And so that's shrinkflation, but it's really just inflation by another name. And they were citing things like General Mills cereal, uh, giving you um, a couple fractions of an ounce less, or maybe even more than an ounce less in a box of family size cereal. But there's countless examples uh, like that uh, across the board. One I was citing years ago was um, the amount of wood pulp they put in um, you know, quote unquote, grated Parmesan, like Kraft cheese, for example, and how they face lawsuits for the amount of wood, literally wood pulp that they uh, put in the cheese. I know it's used as a drying agent, but the amount that they were putting in it was, you know, so that they were giving you less cheese and more wood. Uh, and there's another joke for you. And so all that to say that uh, this uh, inflation, I don't believe is is transitory. I've said that before, but if you think they're going to increase the size of the cereal boxes to uh, negate the shrinkflation when prices come down, then uh, I've got a bridge to sell you. And so the other, the last thing on, on inflation is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's transitory or uh, not. If the inflation uh, persists, but the growth slows, uh, we're going to have bigger problems. And that speaks to the rates uh, the bond yields starting to fall. You know, that's that's the market saying, hey, we don't believe that this growth coming out of the backside of this, uh, you know, forced recession and lockdown and pandemic is going to be enough to cover the uh, inflation that uh, governments and 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 quasi government entities like the Federal Reserve created by printing so much money and sending out so much stimulus. So it, it remains to be seen. That's uh, what I'm keeping my uh, ion in the market. And so uh, a couple examples of uh, individual sectors and how my uh, various publications and strategies, um, you know, uh, harness their upside when the cycle is in their favor. So uh, I guess let's start with the biotech sector, for example, where um you could invest again in a, in a, in a sector fund or, or ETF um, or an individual uh, biotech or, or pharmaceutical uh, company, which uh, I've done, uh, even like a, a Walgreens, for example. And then you can go all the way down to, and that would be in something like foundational profits, and then all the way, uh, you know, to Hodge Family Office doing uh, private placements and private deals in something like. Uh, Immuno Precise, where we financed it at a dollar fifty, and then it uh, ran to twenty six dollars last year uh, as it discovered, you know, COVID neutralizing antibodies and uh, put us up something like sixteen hundred and sixty five percent. And then uh, in between is something like you know Family Office Advantage, where once a company like an Immuno Precise. Uh, IPOs or, or lists, I cover it, not all the time, of course, you know, if it meets the investment criteria, I recommend it in uh, that speculative newsletter once it's able to be purchased um, in the open market by all investors and not just uh, accredited investors. So in that way, from funds in a monthly letter uh, to speculative investments in a weekly letter to uh, private placements just for accredited investors or strategic investors or high net worth investors covering the entire uh, spectrum of the market uh, the same way I do with my uh, own capital uh, and oftentimes writing checks into the same private deals 
uh, and owning shares in the same companies um, uh, recommending in uh, the letter. Another example, I guess, uh, to keep going down the list is uh, in the uranium space, you know, like in a Zarga uranium, for example, uh, which we financed years ago uh, privately. Uh, in fact, not even a Zarga, we financed a company called um, URZ Energy, which was ultimately acquired by uh, a Zarga, or then again, investing in a fund like the Global X Uranium ETF, um, which were in, in, in foundational profits. So, you know, the uh, full spectrum there in the uh, uranium market or um, in the copper market, something like, and we've talked about this a lot, uh, uh, a Cucho Copper, which we financed at, uh, let me see what the actual number is. I believe it was 20 uh, cents. That's right, 20 cents with a, a warrants at 30 cents. And Cucho is a stock that is approaching feasibility uh, for a copper project when copper is over $4, uh, has the support of Wheaton and shares were hitting uh, new 52 week highs this week at, at 90 cents. So, um, you know, putting us up well over uh, 300% there on Kucho Copper with warrants to buy more um, at 30 cents. And so, and then on the bigger side, owning names like Ivanhoe or uh, Rio Tinto, which again, uh, we've done in, in foundational profits. Uh, and going on to not just finance Cucho privately, but then uh, recommending it in Family Office Advantage and uh, those readers, those premium readers benefiting from it going to 90 cents as well. So um, having success financing it privately, having warrants to buy more and then recommending it uh, once it's a publicly traded company uh, to harness the upside of. Uh, copper with a bit of torque uh, as a speculation that anyone can buy because uh, it's then uh, traded. So that would be a family office advantage. Or um, a, a couple more quick examples of real estate, which I, I just said was getting hot and I was starting to uh, look at as a, a defensive play, but which has been hot from a um, housing price perspective and uh, a, a property tech deal uh, perspective and uh, have benefited from that as well, not only as a real estate owner, but uh, from recommending REITs, like I uh, said, and also by financing companies like um, Resas, for example, which is a, a property tech company that um, operates a platform that has something like half a million real estate agents a part of it. So uh, they can share leads and uh, settle deals and um, get their commissions. And it's all uh, tracked within a platform that uh, now a significant uh, portion of the real estate agents in the country have uh, joined. And we've been up more than 700% on our 20 cent financing and recess. And we're up that, that same amount on our warrants because we had warrants at the same price 20 cents and so um that's a company that still has legs a, a gentleman just joined the board named randall miles who uh was also the vice chairman of a company called exp world holdings that went up um something like uh twenty thousand percent or uh more and so uh, he's now on the board of recess and 
I've done this in tech, of course, I've done this in lithium and gold and um, continue to do it across my different publications. And, you know, one of the big ideas we've started to talk about, or at least I've started to talk about, is the space race that's uh, emerging. And it's perfect timing because you've got uh, Richard Branson about to go uh, with Virgin Galactic, and then you've got uh, Jeff Bezos about to go. Jeff Bezos even stepping down as the CEO of uh, Amazon to uh, go to space. And I've been uh, speculating or postulating that one of the reasons these billionaires want to go to space is uh, to pursue or to harness some of the uh, goods that space has to offer and um, to exploit uh, some of the things we can do in space. Uh, I've mentioned things like, you know, low Earth or low orbit satellites like Starlink. It's no secret. Um, but what's a bit more murky is uh, the narrative around, you know, why these billionaires are going. People are saying, you know, they're fleeing the Earth. They're going to go live on Mars or the moon without us. I think more they're using space as a tool to um, find things, investigate things, and study things that can help us here on Earth, either uh, processes that occur in space or uh, resources that occur in space like minerals and gases, uh, for example. And so um, one of the things you're going to be hearing more about from me is a uh, the concept of star gas, which is um, essentially helium that can be used for uh, fusion. Because if we're going to solve some of the big problems that uh, the Earth is facing, I think we're going to have to go after some uh, real big solutions. And this is something longtime readers would have heard me talk about as well, you know, railing against things like uh, solar roads or uh, what's one I've heard recently, covering canals with solar panels, things that are uh, very inefficient, expensive, and and don't do enough to truly combat the problem um, outside of an all of the above approach for uh, energy generation and efficiency. We're going to have to uh, literally take some moonshots to um, meet our climate and uh, energy goals for growing and, and even food goals, really, for a growing global uh, population. And so one of the things is is fusion. But like I said, in, in, in stargas or helium uh, in a certain form uh, helps do that. But helium here on Earth in a different form uh, helps with many other things. And um, the price of it has been rising fast because the government, the U.S. government sold off the reserve and the, the U.S. helium reserve. And the price has gone up from something like $100 per thousand cubic feet to three to $700 in the past couple of years. And many of the, the resource companies that are pursuing uh, new helium discoveries have done quite well in the market, many of them going up at least 3,000%. And so uh, I I financed a, a private uh, helium company uh, a while ago, and, and so did uh, readers of Hodge Family Office. It is recently uh, IPO'd, and it's currently drilling uh, what I think is going to be one of the uh, first reserves or resources that a, a, a junior company brings to market. They plan to have a, a two wells drilled this summer. They'll spud. The first one's already been spud. The second one after the first one reaches terminal depth, and then they'll 
uh, production test those, build a, a pilot plant, and they already have a, uh, an agreement in place with a, with an off taker. And so, um, over the coming uh, days and weeks, you'll be hearing much more about uh, Stargas for me as uh, an investment theme. And I encourage you to think more about you know big uh, moonshot ideas to to solve some of our problems, uh, not just like uh fusion but like this next one i'm going to talk about and uh, wrap up on this week so uh for a while i had done a positive story at the end of the podcast and got away for that uh, from a bit because we've done a bit more uh, loose format um and i've also called out a lot of what i think are dumb ideas like i just said like solar roads roads for example and covering a road with solar panels never made a lot of sense to me and it took a lot of smart people uh, a long time to figure that out um but when i see a good idea i like to highlight highlight that as well and so i, I saw this idea and it, it speaks to again uh, one of those big ideas that that we're going to need and this one is about how to instead of generate our clean energy generate our way out of this um how to uh, just take the co2 and get rid of it so you might have heard about people offering prizes for things that can suck CO2 out of the atmosphere. Um, I've been an advocate of just, you know, planting trees and avoiding deforestation is a, is a big way to uh, get carbon out of the atmosphere. But uh, this, this one that I was reading about in the past week is a little bit different. So it's about this uh, type of uh, rock or mineral called peridotite and when rain contacts the mineral, it pulls in oxygen and carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So in Oman, um, out to the east of Saudi Arabia, there's a lot of exposed um, outcrops of this rock or this mineral, rocks that have a lot of this mineral in it. And uh, when it rains on them, they're petrifying up to 100,000 metric tons of uh, carbon dioxide per year and you got to get out your calculator because Oman has 15,000 cubic kilometers of the rock and if we were able to drill I know an industry that does this that drills into rocks if we could drill into the rock and pump in water that was saturated with CO2 then we could sequester the CO2 uh, in the rock and so instead of uh, you know like in a cavern uh or storing it somewhere else, which you might have heard as another idea, like carbon sequestration. This um, literally petrifies the CO2 so it can't escape back into the atmosphere. And I think that's a, a pretty good idea. There's enough of this mineral worldwide in rock formations, not only in Oman, but in Alaska and Canada and California and New Zealand and Japan. It's estimated excuse me, it could store 60 to 600 trillion tons of CO2 this way um, or up to 250 times the amount of CO2 ever emitted by humans since 1850. So that's quite a long time ago. That's all the CO2 we've ever emitted. We could store in these rocks. And so um, the article I saw was in Science, Scientific American. If you Google peridotite or Oman carbon storage or something like that, you'll find it. But I thought that was uh, quite an interesting idea and in the realm of how we need to think about 
uh, sort of the problems that humanity is facing. And um, some of them are going to be uh, quite profitable, like uh, the star guests, as I mentioned. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 125 of Bizarro World. I'm headed to the uh, beach with my family. Gerardo is away uh, with his family as well. We'll be back together, hopefully, uh, next week to do a more uh, thorough podcast and get back to some of the uh, more bizarro uh, themed things that we often opine on. Have yourself a good week. It's episode 125 of Bizarro World.